How to start an aircraft maintenance business? That question answered and much more on the Grease Pilot Show with Michael Sawyer. Hey everyone, it's Michael with the Grease Pilot Show. Uh, today's question, how to start an aircraft maintenance business. This is arguably what I should have done podcast one, but we had to go through origins and like I said, we're just spitballing stuff here. And in this topic, obviously there's so much to cover and that's why we made a course on it. So I'll scratch on the surface of a lot of topics here <clears throat> or the topics I've written down. But um, the first thing I have on the list is why start one? Um, First of all, if you're interested in aviation and you have a mechanical background, that's a good enough reason to start one. Um, if you're passionate about, we kind of talked about it, if you're passionate enough about something, then you should go after it and do it as your full-time job. And if you're an employee for an aircraft maintenance company, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, and it's actually, a, it's it's got its pros, right? You uh, can clock in, you can clock out, you can leave your job at at home or at work right and um it's a lot less stress and a lot less responsibility depending on what level of uh employee you are within the company but there's a lot of pros to it you know but there's also a lot of cons and having an aircraft maintenance shop isn't for everybody and running a small business isn't for everybody not everybody wants to take on all the responsibility and the challenges but if you're the kind of person that's sitting at your job and looking at the clock and you are dreading your boss or you don't uh, get along with your up higher up management or you're just hating your job you're looking for something new and you're the type of person that likes challenges then yeah uh, starting your own aircraft maintenance company would be a great fit for you it's at the end of the day the whole point is is um, if you do it correctly as we outline in our course then you uh, will have very little money invested um, we sh kind of show how to do it. Today's um, November uh, 2022, so it's it's depending on how late you listen this podcast. For 550 bucks, we show people how to get started, and the course is priced currently at 249 dollars. So roughly half of that's the course, but that's the most important part of the startup process is just the journey, the step by step how to cut and shortcut and a lot of stuff that you don't need, you know. So uh, with 550 bucks, with you can spread those payments out. You can get an aircraft maintenance business up and launched. And um, we kind of show you the steps to do it and uh, how to do it in a logical way so you don't burn yourself. And so what I'm at saying is even if you aren't so sure and you want to do something part-time I recommend you give it a shot you know I'm, I'm always going to promote people getting out there and doing their own thing I want people to be resourceful I think that the world needs more people that are uh, stepping up to the plate and just doing stuff that uh, they have an interest in one so if you're interested in running your own company in aviation go for it it's not going to hurt you you're going to live most likely afterwards most people do you're going to struggle, you're going to fail, you're, and, and that's part of it. So uh, anyway, why start one? Well, uh, if you like what you, if you like aviation, if you have a mechanical background, um, or you like mechanics, and you always want to challenge yourself, 
and you're kind of tired of your current job, these are all things that you would, if you're having these conversations in your head, you should look into starting a, a company and preferably in aviation because that's your passion if you like aviation. Um, how to start with little upfront cash. That's kind of the next topic here. And, you know, we're going to just skim the surface on this, but uh, we go into it in more detail, obviously, in our course. But if you do it correctly, you really won't have that much invested. Um, there's a logical order to do things, and a lot of people kind of screw that up. I've personally started four shops um, and currently still involved with one, a nationwide mobile aircraft maintenance company, which currently um, we haven't disclosed the intimacy between them and Grease Pilot, but I do believe down the road that um, we're just going to make it clear that they're, they're together um, and they're uh, not the same company, but they're ran and I'm, I'm an owner of both, so we're probably just going to share the both of them together. And we need to do a little more work on the marketing and stuff and make sure we got all of our ducks in a row before we do that. But Because um, they can mutually benefit each other, Grease Pilot and this other company. Uh, I think they can really help each other out. But before we do that, we want to make sure that uh, we're not shooting ourselves in the foot somehow. So uh, to start with a little upfront cash, you kind of got to do things right. And one of them is doing things mobily. Uh, a lot of guys want to have a shop because that's the glamour of having an aircraft maintenance business. And you can get one down the road or you can get one if you can get it at reduced rent or no rent. You know, um, but don't go at this thing with no customers and go get a shop. That is a horrible idea. Unless you want to lose money, then do it. Go for it. You know, the, there are some circumstances and this is why I'm saying we're just going to scratch the surface. If there's a lot of air... For example, the shop I opened in Longmont, um, there was no commercial maintenance provider. There was 287 aircraft based at that field. There was maintenance provided, but it was all by like independent guys. So there was no commercial maintenance shop. So I didn't have, you know, I, I had some finances built up and I had done my research all up and down the front range, which is a little stretch of cities along the Rocky Mountains there, Denver, Longmont, Fort Collins, Colorado Springs. And I, I've been up and down, and I've been doing it for about six months before I pulled the trigger on this Longmont deal. And I got super low rent um, for the front range. I mean, I worked out a great deal, and it was because they needed it. You know, they needed aircraft maintenance on the field. Um, the current maintenance provider that I took over for was just a total mess. And uh, I, got, I worked a deal with the landlord, got in there, did it for a year. And that's still the fastest-growing maintenance company in one year that I've had. I, I only ran it for a year because we ended up... I've done a lot of opening and selling or closing companies, but uh, in, with that one, we I ran it for a year and then had my daughter and we moved back to Iowa. But the point is, that was the only circumstance. I had some finances. I can tell you more about if you're in that situation where you can just jump right into a hangar. Um, we'll talk about that later, And um, but don't do it. My recommendation is no. I think it's wise to start mobily. And we're going to always recommend that because you don't have the money invested. Build the customer portfolio up first. You know, get your contacts, get your website going. That's a big deal. Um, we talk about that a lot in the course. It's actually our longest lesson on the course. And because a website has so much power if you do it correctly. And uh, I, at the beginning of my career, I didn't know that. 
uh, getting into entrepreneurship. But as I, as I, and internet was, a, when I got in, internet was a big deal. It's, and obviously now it's the way to communicate and get information. But um, you got to invest in your website, whether you're not, a, whether you're a website person or willing to take it on or you get someone to help you, uh, you got to do your website right and to a certain degree it doesn't have to be perfect but there's a key couple key things and we talk about in the course but most most of it is uh, showcasing that you are providing you know point out a, three or four key services that you provide you can uh, put in that you do aircraft maintenance on pistons we recommend you start in the general aviation field and we'll talk about that in the next topic but you want to say you do general aviation maintenance uh, you want to, if you, I recommend you get your eye, you want to say that you do annual inspections, 100-hour inspections. Um, you can go and get vendors. There's just so much. I'm sitting here thinking, what do I need to talk about? And it just goes on and on and on. But with the website, it's all about the SEO, search engine optimization. And luckily enough, uh, as of today, a lot of aviation companies just aren't doing that. And so you can get up to the top pretty easily and get get to the top spot in Google and if you do that they'll come in the customers will come in like clockwork I've seen it time and time again um, down the road maybe we'll show you uh, some examples of my companies where um, me or me and my partner have uh, literally got to the top of Google and it changed the company it literally changed the company it we never had to market any other way um, we could have we should have but we didn't because we got so bogged down and topped out, you know, and that's another topic to talk about later. But to start up with a little upfront cash, um, I recommend building your customer portfolio, starting in Piston, because it's the cheapest way to enter the aviation mark maintenance market. There's exclusions to everything I'm saying. I'm not saying this has to be, but for the majority of people that have never had business, never don't have a customer list built up, start in the Piston world. Um, and start with no hanger. Don't get a hanger. You know, there's ways to build your customer portfolio, then get a hanger. Or if you go to an airport that doesn't have maintenance, you need to negotiate with them a no rent clause. Um, I opened a shop in Eastern Iowa, uh, and at, at the Clinton airport, Clinton, Iowa, it only had like 30 airplanes based 32 or so. And they had a citation. So we did a little, uh, jet work there too, but uh, they needed aircraft maintenance super bad. And I worked with them. This is got, I think this was the second or third one, uh, shop that I opened, uh, and shops that I opened and the shops I tried to open different story, the actual shops that I've opened and brought revenue into the doors is four, uh, so far. And, uh, these are physical shops. I'll talk about uh, the mobile shop, like I talked about, that I still run, a, a nationwide uh, maintenance company, that that we can talk about later. But uh, this this Clinton, Iowa airport, they needed maintenance. I approached them. I told them I'd love to, and I knew this before. I did my research. I knew they didn't have maintenance, so I contact them, and sure enough, they were really interested in having me come. And I told them, hey, the only way we're going to be able to do this is if you don't charge me any rent for a year. And it was like an 80 by 60 building, so it was a decent sized hangar for pistons. And um, had heat and everything, and all I had to do was pay for the heat. That's it. For the first year, I had no rent, and all I had to do was pay for heat. And that's 
then that was in our contract and I recommend you do that if you want to get hangar space if that's what you want to do to get hangar space or if you're dead set on getting hangar space that's the way to approach it negotiate go after airports that don't have maintenance or if you have a lot of money and you want to go to a big metro airport and compete go for it too I mean it, there's a lot of ways to do it but if you want to do it with little upfront cash start mobily or negotiate a, a no rent clause for like six months to a year and that's designed to get you up and going you can tell the airport hey this no rent thing that we're negotiating is so that I can establish my business here because it takes time for me to build a customer portfolio some will understand it some of the airport boards will understand that some of them won't uh, so let's touch on why starting on piston aircraft I kind of did a little bit why would you want to start in general aviation why would you want to start with piston aircraft you may be a guy who has nothing but airline experience I know that most of the mechanics that we look at have just lots of airline stuff lots of corporate stuff and um, coming to the piston world they obviously don't really do that unless the pays right and um, with our current company we pay 50 bucks an hour uh, to our mechanics so they we get a lot of inquiries about jet guys coming wanting to come back into the piston world because we primarily service piston people we service all types of aircraft but we get like 80 90 percent of our clientele are piston so it don't matter we pay 50 bucks whether it's a jet or piston doesn't matter uh, and so um, these guys we've been getting a lot of applicants for jet stuff and and there's nothing wrong with that but the whole thing is that if you start in the piston world with your aircraft maintenance company if you have a lot of experience on something let's go ahead and start with a caveat let's say you have nothing but jet experience and let's say if you do airline stuff I'm not very experienced in the airline maintenance world so to start an airline maintenance company there are lots of there are lots of similar things to the piston side but everything's going to be uh, magnified uh, I'm sure the cost is going to be magnified the insurance is going to be magnified the place to do the the hangar space to do the maintenance is magnified but if you go at it mobily like getting the airline contracts at an airport because sometimes an airline gets to an airport and they need maintenance because they had a bird strike but they have no maintenance on field getting those contracts is probably going to be one of the best ways to enter into the airline world you're going to need insurance still but and that's probably going to be pretty expensive but if I were to enter the airline world I'd go after those contracts those ones where they don't have maintenance and um, the airports they don't have maintenance and you talk to the airline about hey I will support your airline at this airport if you have issues with the airplane that's how I'd enter that but let's say you're a corporate guy and you've got a lot of uh, just corporate aviation stuff turbo props and jets Gulfstream citations Lears all the mix whatever you want to call it let's say that's your cup of tea well I you kind of want to start with what you have experience and if you if you have the cash to do it then do it but if you don't have the cash then you need to drop all the way down to piston that's what I did um, and the reason being is because you can get everything's cheaper uh, the, the parts are cheaper the insurance is cheaper um, granted your clientele's are too but there are top the in our course we focus on getting the top end piston people so the people that you can charge a lot in the piston world and attracting those people into your company they're out there there are tons of guys who have money who run piston aircrafts 
aircraft and they're they're okay to pay you good money to work on their airplane so starting in, in piston aircraft is going to be the cheapest way to enter into business ownership and uh, mobily starting piston working on piston and starting mobily you know if you don't have experience in piston that's okay if you've got your AMP you can read the manual you can uh, learn how to do oil changes to start you know how to look at stuff and see if it's got cracks or corrosion and, and uh, making sure it's got cotter keys and safety wire and you know how to inspect things and make sure it looks good you know how to change accessories so all this stuff's normal and in time you can build the experience to get faster at doing these maintenance items so I recommend starting in the piston world and then we kind of already touched on shop space versus mobile so I might just skip that I think you guys know my my opinion on that it depends but as a general rule of thumb if you have no connections you have no airports that are willing to give you zero rent start mobily build your customer portfolio maybe get on some hangar waiting list you can always call the airports I would literally wherever you live pull out a map start listing all the airports calling all the airports saying do you have hangar space what's the cost okay um, would you uh, do a, a reduced rate for a year if I came in and have those conversations with them and if they say no we don't have anything get on the waiting list say hey would you would you can I get on the waiting list because if you get on the waiting list and they call you and you don't need it you just say hey I don't need it but some of these waiting lists are years long so you got to get in there on those waiting lists insurance another big huge topic you know starting out this is a big one before I even start talking about insurance please note that you guys can't come after me for anything because I'm just telling you my opinion you have to do what you think is best in your judgment and when you're working on the customer's airplane you have to do what you think is best I can tell you my opinions and my recommendations but it, by no means does that mean you should go and do it right uh, and that sounds funky but the reason why I'm saying that is because in this day and age people are so sue happy and want to like come after you for everything that it's like you know what's moral and what's legally correct are two different things and I'm just trying to help people out in the aviation industry you know and I, I personally don't want to get sued so I'm going to tell you my opinions when you're starting a shop with 550 bucks you know and, and how we show you how to start a shop that obviously doesn't include insurance at the beginning because insurance is a lot more than 550 dollars I'll tell you that right now uh, <clears throat> for even a piston small piston shop you know um, so the best way to do it is to uh, build up your website get your uh, printed media already and we show you this in the course that we show you how to do all this stuff and and launch your company send out all your media send out all your marketing and take in when customers contact you you write their information down right so you're getting this list of customers built up first and you can have the when they call you and say hey I'm starting an aircraft maintenance company I may not be able to get you this time is it okay if I write down your name and when I launch I give you a call to see if there's anything I can help you with say I'm really excited to get started and I just need to make sure I get enough customers to pay my insurance that's how you tell them and you wait till you get enough insurance you can do a job or two some light jobs like this is my opinion there are guys out there doing no insurance and doing engine overhauls which is risky but there you know it's it's all dependent upon your risk what you feel like you can handle risk wise 
For me, I always had insurance. I've, I've done some jobs without insurance. These are with customers I know really well. Um, and they're, they're kind of like jobs I'm really confident in. And you obviously follow the manual. If something goes wrong, it's, it's really not your fault. You know, if you do everything to the manual and to the T. So, uh, you can, my recommendation to do this is you, you get all your customer stuff built up. You take in customer information, you write their contact info down, get to about 15 customers where they've contacted you, they're local, meaning like you didn't get a customer that was a transient getting an oil change, called you, wanted you to get an oil change and fix something, but he's a transient guy. Don't count him as a customer because he ain't going to be around when you launch. So guys that are local, get 15 of them. Uh, you need to get your IA too, by the way. If you don't have your IA, get the book. It's one, it's one written test. It's one FA written test. It's a hard one. But you need to get it if you're going to start your own company in the piston world. Uh, we need more IAs too. Uh, we are severely understaffed with my company, with uh, in general. You know the the IAs shortage is real. So you aren't going to find you aren't going to be short work if you get your IA. You're going to make a lot of money. Sorry, I had to get some coffee. <clears throat> it's cooling off. Uh, for the insurance part, build your, I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to repeat it over and over until you get it. Build your customer list. Maybe do a couple small jobs, right? Not insured just to get the ball rolling and then bind your insurance after you've had this built up. You can even go to the insurance companies and we've talked about this and get them Reduce, you can break your insurance premium and payments. Let me show you how to do that in the course, too. Because um, insurance, you know, as of today in 2022, on November 2022, they all kind of start at a minimum. You know, you can't, it's based on revenue of your company, it's based on what aircraft you're working on, your whole value, meaning like how much you're going to insure, what's the biggest aircraft you're going to work on, what's the, the, the value of that aircraft. There's a lot of factors that will dictate your your premium, but uh, at minimum, expect to pay, pay six to 10 grand a year. We just got a recent policy for, I saw one come through for a company and it was uh, 7,300. This is with a small shop that my partner has. He runs a flight school and he has a maintenance shop on the side that he, he uses the maintenance shop to uh, fix his uh, flight school aircraft pretty much. And then he does some jobs for some top clientele. He's got a small little shop and his bill came in at $7,400 this year, which is low. Uh, he doesn't do a million dollars in revenue. He's just works on his school airplanes. And, um, so that's about as low as it gets. And, uh, you can break that out into monthly payments. If you do that, it ends up being between like 300 and 500 bucks, I think a month. And that makes it more more bite-sized, you know, but you have to ask the broker to break it up into payments. Um, and I've done that with my first companies because I just didn't have the money to pay the premium up front. And we show you how to save money so that you can pay the premium all at once the next year you do, you know, in your year two of your company. But if you save your, if you get your customer portfolio built up, then that won't be an issue of paying the premium. It sounds like a lot, but when you do one annual inspection uh, on a Cessna 182, 
averaging like you know 18 hours for the inspection and another 10 for squawks 28 hours let's say you do 100 bucks an hour that's two thousand eight hundred dollars in just labor and most of that's going to go in your pocket you can take the 300 400 to pay the the monthly uh, insurance premium and then you still have the remainder left over so i mean it doesn't take much to pay the premium once you get rolling but that first you know that first jump if you don't do it correctly can cost you and then we're the last topic we'll talk about i'm going on 24 minutes here is is customers and before i keep rambling i would like to hear you guys' feedback you know i don't have any listeners right now it's kind of like i'm talking out into the, the deep black space but um i'm on all major platforms this podcast is on apple google spotify pandora iheart and i'm really looking to see what you guys are thinking about this podcast uh i want to hear your opinions you know and and i know that when i go online i'm going to get people that just don't simply you know there's probably gonna be some negativity try to stick away from that you know if you got something negative say keep it to yourself if you do have some if you got criticism just word it so that we can be positive here you know at the end of the day that's what I'm trying to do. Just be positive, move forward. And, uh, but I would really like to hear your guys' thoughts on some of these topics. If you have questions, uh, shoot me an email, office at greasepilot.com. Um, I'm going to throw up like uh, a comment section on the blog, on the website. So each episode that comes out, there'll be a comment section within the, le- within the blog episode, or excuse me, within the podcast episode. And that's where I think there would be the, it'd be the best to do, uh, comments, questions, comments. Uh, if you like it, tell me about it. Um, cause we need all the help we can get if we're going to keep this thing rolling. You know, I'm going to do this for a while, but eventually if there's no one listening, you know, obviously we can't keep doing it. So we're going to keep, uh, trucking at it. We're not closing anytime soon, but, uh, if you, if you're listening out there, make sure you just say, Hey, listening and give me your feedback. That'd be great. Okay, last topic, getting customers. This is the lifeblood of your company. And whether you're selling a service, a product, you're in the trash business, or you're in the A&P business, it doesn't matter. You need money. And if you need money, you need customers. Simply put. So do not, if, if it's, one of, it's one of the most important aspects of your company, and it's one of the ones that will take the most time to master because it is evolving. The internet is such a big tool, and if you're not on it, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Not saying you can't be online. I've seen plenty of companies. To this day, I still know of companies that, legacy companies, maintenance shops, that don't have an online presence at all, but they're still trucking. And they're usually a smaller sh- shops, and they, they really don't have not expanded, but they're all, the power of word of mouth is what's gotten them. Done correctly, you're going to have word of mouth going for you. You're going to have print media going. You're going to have online marketing. And then you'll have a fourth aspect, which is the social gatherings, which you going out and going to these events and talking about, you know, just your product and stuff. And you don't even have to sell your service. You can just show up to these places and say, hey, I run a shop. And if you say that to the right people, and you don't even go any further than that, you just have a casual conversation, you know, talking with people. And they ask what you do, say, oh, I run a shop. If they own a plane and they're in need of maintenance, there's a good chance they're going to say, hey, you know, you want to work on my airplane. And um, it's happened to me 
over and over. The biggest thing is the best way to get customers, the best way to get customers is to expose yourself, do a great job at serving your customer. If you do a good job maintaining your customer's aircraft, the, let's say you get one customer. <clears throat> One customer, right? <clears throat> Not all customers are great, any, by the way. There, some of them suck. Some of them are great. But let's say you get one customer. You do an oil change, but you do the best damn oil change possible. You show up on time. You change the oil. You talk to them about what was in the filter. You are uh, you do an oil analysis for them. You ask them if he has any questions. You follow up with them. You give them the bill. Everything's timely. Everything's perfect. He doesn't lift a finger. He gets his oil change and he... He gets an explanation of it, and that may be an overkill thing for an oil change, but if it's your first customer and you wow him with good service, he's going to come back. And if he comes back, he becomes a repeat customer. And then, guess what? This is the crazy part that people forget about. If, he does, if you do such a good job on his plane, he talks to his friends. He's called an advocate. That's free marketing. That's word-of-mouth marketing. It's the most powerful form of marketing, and it will make your business explode if you do it right. And that's one form of it, one form of marketing. So my best advice to you if you uh, are getting bogged down with marketing and you're not doing the online thing so well and you're not doing print media so well and you're just kind of flopping all over the place with your marketing, serve your customer right and serve them good because they will talk to other people. I, I tell a story in my course about a couple different guys who, clients of mine who I've served, and then they went on and brought in like four or five other customers, repeat customers. So this one person responsible for like six repeat customers. That happens all the time. It happens all the time if you do a good job. So, okay. I really would love to hear what you guys think about uh, this podcast today. Uh, you know, the question was how to start an aircraft maintenance business. I touched on some subjects, but really, if you really want to know a step-by-step -step way to do it with little cash in, in as little as a month, I've done this. I've This course that I've made was literally something I put together after opening and closing so many shops and failing and doing this and doing that. I put together a list. I spent a lot of time. It's a checklist. It's got lessons, video lessons. It's a course, three and a, it's got three and a half hours of video, it's got templates, it's got forms, it's got everything that you need to open an aircraft maintenance business for $249. And I gotta say that I'm not a salesman, but it is literally probably the best investment you can make if you are serious about opening an aircraft maintenance business. So if you really wanna know how to do it step by step, check out greasepilot.com, check out the how to start an aircraft maintenance business course. That's going to wrap this podcast up. Uh, this is the Grease Pilot Show with Michael Sawyer, and we'll talk to you guys later.